better skills, better doctors. Join Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso from TCM Hub as we go beyond the nuts and bolts of clinical practice to navigate some of the more challenging aspects of being a self-employed physician. Welcome to Better Skills, Better Doctors. We are your hosts, Rebecca Ong and Michael Peluso. Before we dive in, be sure to head over to tcm-hub.com and click Hub Community to join a network of your colleagues. There you can get help with your herbal medicine cases and get coached on topics covered in this podcast. Hub Community is only for those who are licensed practitioners of Chinese medicine and students who are enrolled in an accredited Chinese medicine program. I was working at a fertility clinic and my specialty being gynecology, that was really most of what I saw. But in the afternoons, they would open the clinic to the general public and people could come in for acupuncture or Chinese herbs or uh, other modalities for the things that were ailing them. And again, the trouble with that for me was that I'm a gynecology specialist and that's really all that I saw and that was really all that I was interested in treating. So oftentimes patients would come in and they would sit down and they'd say, oh, I have knee pain or I have back pain or I have something like that. And I would immediately think, okay, I'm not going to be treating you. And I would refer them out to a local colleague. And I remember I had a conversation with Rebecca about this and she said, dude, you're just leaving money on the table. And I didn't feel that way. And Rebecca, you had a different thought at that time. I did. I said that. And the only reason why I'm kind of smirking right now or giggling about it is because I've actually come to hate this saying, leaving money on the table. But at that time, you know, I was like, you're trained in balance method. You used to treat pain all the time. And before you decided on your specialty. And so you actually have the capability to do this totally, totally effectively. And I was like, what are you doing? You know, you're leaving money on the table. And in that time, I, I just wasn't in this headspace of, uh, clearly I was still in a very scarcity minded headspace when it comes to taking patients. And so my feeling on this since then has really has changed because when we take any actions, our actions are driven by our thoughts and our feelings. And when we are taking a patient that is outside our specialty that we know we are not the best practitioner for this person, you're taking them from a place of desperation because you don't want to leave money on the table. And my thought about desperation is, I mean, it's a dignity killer, right? It causes you to make decisions that put a strain on your ethical boundaries and your sense of agency. And over time, doing this can build resentment, can build bitterness, and eventually lead to burnout. And as long as you continue in this mode, you're always going to feel like you're on this hamster wheel. So... A good rule of thumb, whenever you're making any kind of decision, you want to just make sure that you like your reason for making that decision. I was 
in that position because I was sought after and hired to be a fertility specialist and a, a gynecology specialist. And I knew um, that years before I had made the commitment that no matter what, that was all I was going to do, even if that meant me living in my car, that, you know, I made a full commitment to the fact that that's my specialty and that's all I'm going to do. And, and I have an uncompromising nature anyway. And so that was easy for me. So when I found myself in that situation in the clinic, I would have rather been fired than to treat someone outside of my specialty. I thought uh, maybe my reasoning for it might not have been the best where I would think something like, well, I won't suffer this indignity of treating something that I am not a specialist in. You wouldn't ask a gynecologist in, in a hospital setting or a private practice to treat an orthopedic injury. And so why on earth would I ever do that? And so my reasoning for it might have, might have been driven by ego, but it was just as much driven by, you know, how well am I going to treat a patient that I don't really want to be treating? And that's another ethical consideration too. And especially when you know that there's someone out there who's really close by that could, that's all they do. That is their specialty. And you know that they're going to get better care from that person. Yeah. It just, you know, the guy that I referred to all the time, it lit him up. It was his obsession in life. It's all he studied. It's all he did. Why on earth would I ever not want my patient to see that person? And, you know, I've always been a little bit counterculture in that sense anyway, that, yeah, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm employed and I should be seeing these people. And, you know, if, if it got out that I was referring to an outside practitioner, maybe, but politics be damned because those of you who know me and listen to me know that it's always about putting the patient first and what's in the best interest of the patient. And so uh, I was not about to compromise in that situation either. So when you said you're leaving money on the table, I don't remember what my response was, but it, it probably was one of dismissal. Sure. It was pretty gruff. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty gruff. Um, but you had a point. You absolutely had a point. And, you know, I get it. We are also doing this to earn our livings. And so, of course, we're going to come upon these instances in where, you know, for practical reasons, from a business standpoint, you need, you need new patients. And if you, and I, I don't think anybody's really actually taking a patient where they don't think they're going to do a good job. Maybe they're not the best fit for this person, but they know they'll do a good job. And, and I'm sure you will. But there's something deeper than that when you take these patients, even though you're doing a good job, you're kind of just, you're not feeling it, right? This is the difference about like being in practice in medicine versus any other business when we talk about leaving money on the table. Because we're not talking about widgets and selling products or whatever, you know, things that don't, this is medicine. And our products, our service, there is a patient on the other end, on the receiving end of this. And I had to ask myself, I had to think about it. If I heard my doctor say, oh, I took on your mom as a patient because I didn't want to leave money on the table, I'd be fucking pissed. Gross. It's disgusting. And it's common too. We, I mean, we've, we've all done it and hopefully we learn from it. And when you accept patients from that place, it is a place of pure desperation. It is, it's not from a good psychological headspace. It's if I don't take these patients, I'm not going to eat. 
And I've found, interestingly enough, that that actually tends to backfire over time, that Mm -hmm. it doesn't really work. Um, You take the patients on, they have more side effects or they don't commit to care as well. They can sense that you really aren't in it, that your heart's not in it. Even if you're trying your best, uh, there is just something to be said about um, when you have the courage to follow what you really want in your practice, the patients that you want to work with show up. Mm-hmm. And the ones that you don't want to fall away, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't just happen. It comes as the result of a direct decision to say, I'm only going to see these types of patients or, or these, this is my passion. This is what I do really well. And somehow those patients begin to show up. And I understand if when we say we think, because this is just our brains, primitive brains, there's, we are built with a scarcity mindset for survival. And so we think if I say no to all these patients, I'm going to go broke. If I say no to all these patients, I'm going to have to close my practice. There's no way. But what happens pretty much every time when you actually follow your heart and you follow your path and you follow your dignity, the universe rewards you. And for you, like you in that particular time, I'm I'm trying to think back. Uh, yeah, you had just moved back from Montana and I'm sure you could have used the money at the time, but you were stubborn <laughs> in this. Um and you but it worked out for you because from that you created TCM Gynecology and from that you created TCM Hub. Yeah, it, it was a perfect example of not really ever living in fear in the, in the traditional sense and in, in some capacity trusting in the universe. I mean, that's the only other way I can say it. I never worry anymore about, uh, actually making ends meet. I mean, we have our little frets here and there, but on the whole, it's always very easy to remind myself because as Rebecca said, I, interesting story. I had moved back home from Montana where I had my practice and I had, attempted to open a small private practice, which my heart wasn't in at that time. I was just struggling. I was really low on money and I was, I was really about to live out of my car and considering moving back to Montana and renting a room in a house with five other people. And this is uh, just after my 40th birthday, just to show you, like I had had a successful practice. I made a move that might've been ill-conceived, found myself in financial straits. And I was thinking, Hmm, I might actually have to, to go back on this. My practice that I had opened, this little one, was focusing exclusively on um, women's health. And I just was undercapitalized like many people were and I was or are. And I decided, okay, I started to panic. I was like, I, I'm not going to compromise, but I'm, I'm going to have to go back to Montana and try to figure something else out. But I'm not going to change what I'm doing. I I'm, I'm, will only treat women's health, period. So I'm on the phone with uh, Josh Swart from CMTW and we're just having a conversation one day and the phone rings and I was like, oh, there's a call coming in from Syracuse. And I answered it and it was a guy from the fertility clinic that ended up hiring me pretty much on the spot. And I thought, wow, I didn't even apply for this job. I didn't have any idea they were looking for anyone. I was, my car was just about packed and I had a lease ready to go back in Montana and this guy calls out of the blue and I asked him, I said, how did you find me? And he said, oh, I found, I think I found you on the internet. I found your website and it said you only specialized in women's health. And that's exactly what we were looking for. And I thought, oh, okay, so this is a lesson for always having some trust in, in what you're doing. And, uh, that actually turned my whole life around. 
things actually, I went from, you know, a pretty long losing streak in several areas of life to things getting so much better, including meeting Rebecca. And so, uh, trust in the fact that there's a plan out there for you and stick to what you know is your path and good things happen. That's all I can say. It may not be a, a straight line, but you'll get where you're supposed to be one way or the other. Right. You you have to have faith that something's looking out for you and to, you know, to trust the path that you really want to, you want to take. And I get it. There's going to be, again, there's going to be some reality of times where we maybe have to be practical from a business standpoint. And if you are in that situation, you know, when that happens, just in that moment, say to yourself, let this be the last time and then release it and don't veer off your path again. Rebecca Ong is a certified professional life coach for Chinese medicine physicians. She is not a certified financial planner, financial advisor, or accountant. Life coaching is not a substitute for therapy, medicine, or medical treatment. Anything discussed in this podcast is for general education and entertainment purposes only.